Three years ago, I preached on this text. As it appears in the lectionary every three years, Mary's Magnificat. Some of you might have even been here. And I preached on how we are called to love and not judge. And honestly, in the busyness of the Christmas season, I was tempted just a little bit to dust it off (laughs) and play it again like some sort of sermonic greatest hits. (laughs) I was tempted. (laughs) But our world has changed in the past three years, and while we are still called to love and not judge, that isn't enough. As Mary in her Magnificat cries out, as she dares to dream of a different world, a different life for herself and for her child, we too must dare to dream. A reading from Luke, first chapter, verses 46 to 55. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the loneliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him. He has scattered the proud from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham, and to his descendants forever. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. Amen. Would you please pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be glorified in your sight. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. Amen. As I sat writing my sermon for today, I could see an icon of Mary nestled within the bookshelf of our home. And actually, it's that gold icon right over there to the right. And my husband, Dan, was very insistent that after worship today, it has to return to the place from where I took it. Mary, the Theotokos in the Orthodox tradition, the God-bearer, carries God into the world. Our keyboard in our house actually sits beneath this image of the mother and child as she marks our comings and our goings. From where I sat the other day writing my sermon, I could also turn to my left and see the crush that had once belonged to my husband Dan's grandparents. With Mary bent over an empty manger, as Jesus lays hidden in the butter dish until after service on Christmas Eve when he returns to his rightful place. 
Mary's face in that scene is one of peace and adoration. And Friday, as Dan and I relished in an early Christmas present to ourselves, we wandered through the galleries of the Art Institute like wise men chasing after some star, searching for holy images of this mother and child, the Queen of Heaven, Mary, meek and mild. But friends, there was nothing meek about Mary. There was nothing quiet about a woman crying out in the pains of childbirth. There was nothing clean about giving birth to a babe in the straw and stench of a stable. There was nothing extravagant about the ways that she brought life into this world. There were no meal trains or midwives. Her mom wasn't there to teach her how to swaddle this newborn babe. There was no one to give her ice chips or an extra pillow for her back. Joseph did his best, now give him that, but there wasn't a lot that he had to work with. Instead, Mary had cattle lowing, waking up her baby, and I bet that Mary was pretty peeved. She'd just gotten him to sleep after all. Mary, like women throughout time, took what she had, and she made it beautiful. The nativity, a scene that fills homes and sanctuaries this holiday. And like women throughout time, Mary took what she had, and she dared to dream. In our scripture for today, the Magnificat, Mary preaches the gospel that is to come. She is not only the Theotokos, the God-bearer, but she begins the sermon that Jesus will continue throughout his ministry, from the shores of Galilee to the Mount of Olives. Mary, a young, unmarried woman, is the first one to preach the gospel. She cries out not only in the pains of birth of Christ, but Mary cries out at the injustice of the world, demanding and declaring a revolution, that the world can be turned upside down if we, like Mary and the women before us, dare to dream. I know this woman. She had a baby and she kept it secret for 50 years. In the heartbreaking movie Philomena, based on the true story of Philomena Lee, we see Dame Judy Gench play an older woman looking for the son that she loved and lost. I only want to know that he's all right. I'd like to know if he ever thought of me, because I thought of him every day. I did not abandon my child. He was taken from me. He was taken from her as 60,000 Irish babies were taken from their mothers. As so many babies throughout time were taken from their mothers, unmarried women who were seen as unfit because of their age or their marital status. And for centuries, the church The church politicized purity, sanctifying sexuality only if it fit into some prescribed patterns. 
And I cannot help but wonder. I cannot help but wonder if the church would have taken little baby Jesus from the arms of Mary, forcing him to go to a proper home. Mary would have been seen as unfit after all, a woman pregnant outside the bonds of marriage, young and alone. I find it interesting, in none of the Gospels, there's no mention of Mary's parents. There's no mention of her siblings, of what they said upon discovering this family secret. What we do know is that against the custom of the time, they did not put Mary to death. But instead, like so many women, Mary too was sent away. She was sent away to keep neighbors from talking. She was sent away to keep their good name. Mary was sent away to her cousin Elizabeth, who we read about in the passage just preceding the Magnificat. And instead of finding judgment, instead of finding shame and ridicule that so many women faced in the homes of unwed mothers, Mary was met with joy, with celebration and care, another miracle in this story. See, Elizabeth didn't make Mary's story a comment on her own journey. Elizabeth, a woman who struggled for years to become pregnant, fearful that she would never have a child. Elizabeth, a woman who did things in the right and seemingly righteous order, did not chastise Mary or greet her with envy or jealousy. Elizabeth could have thought, on how quickly she became pregnant. Elizabeth could have thought that Mary wasn't even married. But no. Elizabeth lets Mary's story be Mary's story and even declares Mary as blessed. Elizabeth is one of those early empowered women. Empowered women empower women after all. We lift up one another's joys. We recognize the power that lies within us all. We do not need to critique or criticize. We do not need to push down to bring ourselves up. We know our own worth. We see the ways in which we all are theotokos, God-bearers. I'm going to invite you to look around the sanctuary this morning. Really, don't look at me. Look at each other. (laughs) Look at each other this morning. Maybe look at a woman sitting next to you. Maybe look at a woman in front of you or behind you. See, we are lawyers and we are doctors. We are small business owners and we are large business runners. We are scientists and engineers. We are artists and entrepreneurs. We are homemakers and caregivers. We are sisters and daughters. We are wives, mothers, friends, colleagues, and lady bosses. But mostly, we are just boss. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) If you're a woman, Look around too, but also look at your own hands. Look at you. 
Each of us, like Mary, have a strength and a ferocity that we cannot even imagine. Each of us has the ability to face the impossible, to face grief unimaginable, to face judgment and ridicule, to face doubt and shame. And in the face of it all, we dare to dream. We dare to dream, as Mary dreamt, of a world different than our own. We dare to dream of a world where women do not make 70 cents on the dollar. We dare to dream of a world where the United States does not have one of the largest infant mortality rates among developed nations. We dream of a world where society truly celebrates the Marys among us and does not outcast or ostracize them. This morning, our altar is ordained with strong women, women who raised kind men and strong women, women who lived through wars, women who crossed over to this country on boats through the sea, on this altar, there are women who survived abuse, women who survived poverty, women who survived cancer, women who not only survived but thrived, women who fought for the rights of others, women who selflessly gave, making sure there was room in the inn and at the table, and love poured out. Women who built this church and gave us a mighty bell for the ages. The dreams of these women, the dreams that these women held and hold are coming true in you and in me. And we continue their legacy and we dare to dream. We dream of a world where the God light is recognized and celebrated. And so this Christmas and in the year ahead, may we be like Elizabeth, celebrating the successes of those around us. And may we be like Mary, daring to dream of a world better than the one we have now. And may you and I join our hearts and our hands with God in bringing that kingdom here. Amen.